Hey everyone, welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast is all about you and helping you reach the big goals that you have for your life. And what next steps do you want to take to get there? I'm your host, Darren Johnson, and if you're new to the show, welcome to the room. I'm glad you're checking us out. For everybody, if you like what you hear, I invite you to subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, follow us on Instagram. We've got a great community there, at I Dare You Pod. There you'll find exclusive content you won't find anywhere else, including video snippets of this interview with our guest. And speaking of that, our guest is none other than Chanel DeCoon. Many of you know Chanel. If you don't, you're about to. Here's what you need to know. She's a certified life planner and relationship expert, and she is trained in marriage and family therapy. Now, Chanel, she specializes in helping people step into their life's true calling through an organization she founded, Women of Consequence. Now, prior to running her own business and co-founding a therapy practice called Healthy Minds NYC, she worked in publishing at Hearst Magazines, and she now splits her time between New York City and Atlanta with her psychiatrist husband and two children. Now, Chanel's writing and her contributions, they've appeared in media everywhere. Good Morning America, New York Times, Real Simple, Women's Day, Essence, Christianity Today, and Relevant Magazine. She's also the author of Life Starts Now, How to Create the Life You've Been Waiting For. And because you're listening to this podcast, I suspect that you are interested in having a bigger impact on our world, whether that's your personal life or professional life. And Chanel's going to be talking your language. If you're ready to get unstuck, if you're ready to have more influence and to be a person of consequence, Chanel's got some insights that will impact your thinking and to give you some practical tips that you can implement starting today. And as you'll hear, just an unbelievable interview and a lot of fun to talk to. So now let's not wait any longer. Chanel is here. Episode 68 is ready. Here, everyone, is Chanel DeCoon. Chanel, welcome to the podcast. It's so good having you here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Glad to be with you. So Chanel, you heard a bit about my introduction of you. You've done a lot. You've done a lot with your life and you currently are. You're definitely not, not just standing still. Before we talk about the cool projects you're working on right now, helping a lot of people, where did all this start for you? How did you, how did you get into your current vocation? Where did it begin? Yeah, so I was working in publishing. You mentioned a little bit of that in my background. And I had this moment where I realized that it was so incredibly unsatisfying. (laughs) I realized that I was way more passionate about some of the side projects. So I still love publishing. Of course, I wrote a book. So, hey, I I do write. But I was working at magazine publishing. And I loved this kind of side hustle that I had where I was talking to people about their relationships I was digging into women's lives and trying to figure out where they were headed. I'd been trained through this life planning process. And I thought, my goodness, like that's really where I should spend the bulk of my time. So I made a a career pivot. Uh, How did you know? Uh, How did you know that, that, that publishing was not necessarily, you know, uh, your purpose and how did you then know that it was, it was something different? I'd like to learn from you. I think we all would. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I talk about, especially with women in my Women of Consequence community is what does it mean to find like your umbrella purpose, right? Sometimes we have a very limited idea of our life purpose. So we will think that it can only take place within a certain context. So I love writing. I love bringing insight to people. And there's a great temptation to say, well, that's limited to just a publishing space. 
And instead, what I started to discover is there are broader applications for that. So really what I loved doing and kind of the language that I use, my my life purpose statement is around, um, I love to identify brokenness and share ideas to empower wholeness and facilitate cultural transformation. Whoa. I know, right? That's great. Pretty strong. But once I landed on that language, it opened up a lot of doors for me because I realized, oh, well, sometimes you'll do that in a magazine article. Sometimes you'll do that with your son where you're teaching him how to tie his shoes (laughs) and a better way to do that. And sometimes you'll do that working with couples. You know, I do some marital or premarital therapy and that kind of thing too. So there's lots of different contexts where I could apply that same large umbrella life purpose. Wow. And the life purpose what are some of the components that goes into designing your life purpose or that statement? What you described, that is deep and profound. And you didn't just come up with that in a minute. Um, <laughs> how, how, do we, how do we get there? Yeah. Well, I think when we talk about life purpose, it feels so esoteric, right? Yeah. But we're really asking with this like one question of what do I do with my life? What's my purpose? I see within that monster question, actually three questions. So if your listeners can kind of um, log these away, I think the three things that we're really wanting to know about ourselves are who am I? Like, what's my identity? What's unique about me? I call that the talent space. We want to know, well, where am I headed? So, you know, what am I passionate about? What's the direction of my life? Give me a North Star. And then we're lastly asking, well, how am I going to get there? Like, what's the practical action stuff of my life? And so for that, I kind of call it talents, heart, and our influence that's meant to be stewarded, right? Mm -hmm. And if we can nail down those three pieces, we'll get a lot of traction on answering that bigger question of what's my purpose. Well, that, that's where it's at, isn't it? I mean, but you, you hit it. The, we all want to discover our purpose, but it is kind of ambiguous. How do we get there? And so right. that's why I'm so glad you said yes to this podcast, because you've got a definite perspective to share. And you're author of a brand new book called Life Starts Now, How to Create the Life You've Been Waiting For. Before I start asking you some of the some questions related to that book in particular. Why, why this book? And what caused you and inspired you to actually take the time and to devote your time into this particular book? What was it? Yeah, I think it was the real work that I've been doing with women. I feel like I have been sitting behind closed doors with people who are asking these questions and wrestling um, with this, you know, desire to live a more meaningful and purposeful life. And they, you know, we're getting so much breakthrough behind the scenes And I thought, well, how can I extend that and make this process that I'm kind of doing in these intimate spaces one-on-one, how can I make that more available to more people? And so um, maybe you can't sit and work with me. I would love to do that. But if you can't, you know, work with me one-on-one, I would love for you to have a space where you can process the same kind of content in your own home and the safety of, you know, your own journal or whatever it may be. And so that's how Life Starts Now really came about. As you're working with individuals one-on-one, and if you clearly have worked with you know, thousands of individuals and helped families and relationships, what, what are a few of the things that get in people's way as far as their belief system, their limiting beliefs that prevent them from living the life that they want? Yeah, I think one that I mentioned is a little bit at the start there, of which was my own kind of uh, impetus for stepping into my purpose, 
was feeling like my career was everything. Sometimes we over-index on our job, right? When we think about calling, purpose, vocation, for some of us, that means, well, what is my professional <laughs> title? Yeah. And so I think uh, getting to a space where you can realize that you have a more robust life than that, than that, and that there are other parts that make up who you are and that are meant to be full of purpose as well. Um, that is one big mental shift that I find helps clients experience breakthrough. Also, I think um, is a lot of my clients, they tend to find their identity very largely in relationships. And so they will um, believe that who I am is who I'm associated with, you know, my role as a spouse or as a parent or, you know, a a child, you know, I'm a daughter of, you know, so these things start to form and shape how I live my life rather than recognizing I have a purpose that stands outside of those things, of those kind of hats that I wear. And so making uh, that mental shift where you start to see yourself as larger can be helpful as well. Boy, that's, I love that. I love that way of thinking. Now, this is more from a guy's standpoint. And I'm saying this because I want you to coach me, right? As a a guy, or does this translate also to women as well? But, but for me personally, and for many of the, the guys that, that I grew up with, right? I'm, uh, my kids are now out of the house, but we do associate so much of our self-worth based on our career, right? Our first question at a party or at the soccer field is, Hey, what do you do? right? We don't ask who you are and try to go deeper than that. There's so much identity to our vocation and our work. And that, that's, I think it's healthy, right? Maybe I'm rationalizing here, but I think it's healthy, but also it can go really too far when, if that's all you are, that's a pretty shallow life. And right. um, am I close on that? And is that more, is that a guy perspective? What have you seen in your own, um, you know, in your own work? I think that applies to all of us. I think that's a more modern just way of thinking And I do think you've nailed it in that it can be destructive because what happens when your career shifts, right? When you're at that point of retirement or many of us, you know, we just have gone through two years, two and a half years of a global pandemic where the way that we worked had to change. And those things can be so disorienting for us. And it's important that you recognize your life still has meaning and incredible value outside of the specific work that you do. I think, you know, it's kind of in vogue now to ask a lot of questions like, well, what are you passionate about? Or I don't know, people are starting to try to toss that around at cocktail parties. Yeah. And yes, maybe that's a way to talk about it. I don't know if all guys want to go like, what are you passionate about? But (laughs) I do think saying, here's where, you know, what my intentions are. Here are the things that get me excited. Or this is where I love investing my energy. And sometimes that might look like your professional title, but I think, you know, for you, like you do incredible work, right? What's your intention behind having a great podcast like this, that you're making available to so many people? You could say, Hey, you know, I'm the host of a podcast called this, right? Or you could say, I love challenging people to step into something greater, right? Mm. That's actually a very interesting thing. And I want to know more about that. Wow. All right. So I, uh, we've just met and just a few minutes into the podcast though, you are really intentional and great about how you use language mm. and tell me more about that because it feels like you, you, um, you view language as an, a way to exert influence, to, um, impact mindset. I'll stop there. Yeah. What is there about the language you're using and, and how does that impact our own ability to live the life we want? 
Yeah. Language is everything that comes a little bit out of my nerdy background. I'm an English major. <laughs> so <laughs> well, you're, I didn't know that really You're picking up on that. Yeah, but it's, it is critical. There's a school of thought actually within. So if I can geek out on you for a second here, do, do. Um, we talk about structuralism, right? And so it's actually this idea that the language that we use creates the reality that we experience. And that's one thing that's always sat with me is that the way that we talk about something matters because it influences how we experience things. And it can actually set the bounds of um, what we think is possible for our lives. And so I do, I love to get very specific about language, um, be careful of the stories that I'm telling myself and the stories that my clients are telling themselves so that we make sure that we're as accurate as possible um, because that's where all of the power kind of starts to come out in our life. All right. So then that leads into this question in your book, I believe early on, uh, the question you ask is, can we talk about how miserable you are? <laughs> yes. A light question. <laughs> a light question, right? But that, that's a bit, that's a bit jarring. And are you, are you talking to me, Chanel? Do you, it really, are we all in that, in that state? Provocative. I love it. Yeah. I wanted to start off that way because when you have a book called Life Starts Now, How to Create the Life You've Been Waiting For, it sounds very positive. Right. <laughs> and it is, it's intended to be that. But the reality is, you know, my training is as a marriage and family therapist and as a life planner, I sit with people in a lot of hard spaces. And they're, even when they are having a good life, they may feel a sense of dissatisfaction or frustration that they aren't quite living the great life that they desire. Yeah. And so I wanted to right away acknowledge that discontent and normalize the fact that so many of us from the outside looking in, our lives might seem great, but we might have these areas, there's these little recesses of our heart where we feel discontent. And so that was that line is just to say, like, let's go there. I don't, let's not talk about all the stuff that we, you know, put on Instagram or whatever, or our LinkedIn profiles to look right. great. Let's mention the areas where we're feeling unhappy. Yeah. I'm so glad you're doing that. I, I, I really appreciate that perspective. You know, social media, you brought it up, Instagram. If you look mm -hmm. at someone's Instagram, <clears throat> yeah, you can make the assumption that they have got the perfect life. They are just, look at that family, right? right? They're just so happy. And, um, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not trained as a relationship expert um, at all. Everyone, everyone's going through something, aren't they? Everyone is. Everyone's got something going on in their life that is going on that they're struggling with and working through. Absolutely. And I think it's, you know, it's only at the point of us acknowledging those areas where we're struggling that we're able to start making change. The more that we kind of pretend and we posture that doesn't allow us to actually take any proactive steps forward that could change our lives in a way that's for our good. So yeah. I think, hey, let's go there. Let's talk about the areas that are hard so that we can um, get active around them. So this, so this book then, Chanel, is this book for men and women or is it really more customized for, for women? Yeah. So I wrote this book specifically with women in mind because that's who I work with many of my sessions. But the funny thing is, I have a lot of women who've been reading it and their husbands are picking up the book <laughs> and their husbands are saying, oh my goodness, this is the thing that I needed. She's speaking directly to me. And also they're like reading it for their wives <laughs> or yeah. reading it for their daughters and saying, oh my goodness, these are things that I want to 
give to them as well. So it truly is for everyone. If you're a, a, you know, a gentleman out there that wants to read the book, I welcome you doing so. Just insert man any place that <laughs> you see woman. Well, okay. So there's, I have so many questions on this book. It's a fantastic book. You should be really proud of it. You know, one, one of the things I want to ask you is what are some of the, what are some of the beliefs that would limit a woman or man uh, that they really want to search for joy and fulfillment in their life? But what are some of those beliefs that get in the way? Yeah. So I think some of those beliefs are things like, um, I am what I do, you know, that focus again on that career space, maybe this idea that I am, you know, just who I love and the relationships that I have. One other major one that I'm seeing now is such a strong emphasis on um, my life is just the sum of the things that I'm able to acquire or own or have. And so we end up wasting a lot of our lives trying to like get things. Yeah. <laughs> and many of those things are disconnected from what's actually meaningful for us. So um, I always say, you know, we, we kind of spend our lives acquiring things that we don't want <laughs> at the end of the day that don't actually satisfy us. So why do we keep doing it? Yeah. I think that there's a lot of pressure. I think there's a lot of external pressure to kind of measure up with this standard of success. I call it like our search for significance, right? Mm. This idea of um, my life is meant to kind of meet some external metric. So I can say, I'm killing it. This is the way that life is supposed to be. Yeah. And we don't start with what we actually want. We're not engineering our lives from the inside out where we can really have more of a life of consequence. So follow up on that then. What, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen happen from people who are trying to you know, pivot in their careers or their personal lives? Where are some of those missteps that you see us making? I think they start by asking a lot of questions from other people, hmm. <laughs> right? Really? They try to have other people kind of dictate or create the template or plan for their life. Wow, that's rather that's than. Yeah, rather than starting with what they want. And then I think another one is that I, I'm all about people taking action. Of course, life starts now. So I'm all about step into it. But I do think that sometimes people act before taking a little bit of space to reflect and identify what is and is not working. Yeah. And I see that what happens is a lot of times people make a lot of life changes where they perpetuate the same kind of circumstances that originally made them unhappy. So it's, you know, they misdiagnose is essentially what it is, right? I feel so discontent. I feel so unhappy in my life. It must be because I have a terrible job. I'll get a new one. Interesting. And it turns out actually what's making you miserable is your mother-in-law, <laughs> right? Or what's making you miserable <laughs> is the fact that you're, you know, not leaving space for self-care, right? Mm. And you're neglecting your own health. And if you could nail down those parts of your life first, you actually might have more satisfaction at work. So we want to make sure that we're taking space to slow down, notice our own lives and, you know, listen to our own voices. Well, I think you're onto something there clearly. So how would we go about doing that? Because I'm, I'm one of my tendency is to act, right? Just yeah. get into action, start moving and figure it out as you go <laughs> along the way. And what you're, what I'm hearing from you is, whoa, slow down a bit, reflect. How would, how would we reflect in it? Is that covered in, in your book? Give us some practical steps on that. Yeah, well, I'm with you. I am a woman of action. I love it. And I think that you can be a person who acts quickly if you maintain a baseline practice of listening to yourself. So 
one of the very practical things it's, I believe it's chapter five in the book. So when you get it, make sure you really dig into that one. It's on reclaiming the morning and it's about setting up a morning routine where you allow your voice to be the one that starts your day. So before you check the news, before you log into social media or any of those things, you spend the first 20, 30 minutes of your day journaling, processing, what do I want? What do I not have? You know, what's exciting? What's what's hurtful in my life? And you get a good sense of reminding yourself of your own purpose. And I will tell you, if you can start your day that way, it makes you so nimble and flexible throughout the day because you're able to quickly make decisions that are rooted in who you are versus things that tend to be more reactive to Mm. what the rest of the world has presented to you. Yeah. And if I may ask for you personally, what, what is your morning routine reclaiming that morning? What what does it, what does it look like for you? Um, what do you read? What do you listen to? What thoughts? I'm just curious. So I wake up, uh, one of the first things that I do, I do stream of conscious journaling. Um, usually within that, that life purpose statement that I gave you at the beginning, that kind of yeah. big statement, I'll usually jot that down just as a quick reminder so that I know that's the lens through which I'm trying to prioritize all of the things for my day. Sometimes I'll extend that time. So I do a little bit of reading. I'll have some books that are available to me. Um, you know, maybe like a devotional or something like that, if I'm trying to work on kind of spiritual development as well. Um, so that might be something, and then a little bit of planning. So I love, you know, I love planning. (laughs) So I love to set some intentions for the day. So what do I want to accomplish? And that's kind of how my morning flows. Well, okay. The, the, the being intentional, you you brought that up. You just, Mm -hmm. you just do, you have to be intentional. Don't you? I mean, there's so many distractions right now in the world. Um, and, and this smartphone, which I'm holding in my hand right now, it's, it's many things, but it's just a distraction machine, right? I, I will be looking for something. And before I know it, I've lost time. It's always clamoring for our attention. So it, it is not something when you say that, that reclaim your morning, I think that's a really speaking a language that's really intentional. You really have to reclaim this. Otherwise it will be lost. Right. Yes, absolutely. And I I think you're right. I love my phone. It is a gift and it does a lot of beautiful things in my life. And it also does, it tears me away from my present reality all the time. Yeah. And, you know, I think we have to be careful too, because that tells us a little bit about what to value. You know, every time I feel like I swipe into my phone, I'm sending myself this little message that where you are, what you're doing, isn't the most important thing, right? It's just a little, little note that you're giving to yourself of real life is happening out there. It's happening on this device. It's happening in another space. And often so many people feel discontent with their lives or they feel unhappy or disconnected from themselves. And I'll say, well, no wonder you spend so much time, so little time actually in your life, right? You're constantly swiping away from it and moving into a different space. And so um, you're, you're right to kind of identify that as an area where we can, there's an opportunity, let's say, to, um, to, to kind of use some restraint and focus on who we are. It's good. You know, um, I was traveling recently. Um, I live out here in Idaho, right. And, and we go hiking once in a while up near Grand Tetons. And I'm always amazed watching the tourists that are in town just for, to go for the hike. And they are obsessed, not, not all, not all, but I see so many people who are obsessed with finding the perfect Instagram picture, yes. They're looking for the perfect shot. And what they don't know is that they would just put the phone down 
and hike for five minutes over that hill, the view is incredible. But they're missing it because they're so fixated on what they think is most important, which is trying to find the perfect shot. Um, Yeah, it's such a distraction. There is this uh, John, this is, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but there was this John Mayer song many years ago where it's called three by five. And I was such a fan of it because he was talking about having no three by fives, right? Um, So that really shows you how old because we actually printed photos at some point and most of them were this three by five size. I know it. But this idea that, yeah, exactly what you just mentioned, that we would just experience life for what it is, that your brain is one of the best places to capture that memory rather than trying to take the photo that you can just show someone else, but you never actually experienced the moment. So the moment will be so much deeper if you can be present, if you can notice, what do I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? All of those things. That's going to sit with you probably a lot longer than that image that you're going to lose, you know, in the cloud somewhere eventually. (laughs) Right back to it. More fulfilling as well, right? Right. In so many ways. In the book, you talk about influence. And Mm -hmm. I'd like to explore that just one step further. What is your definition of influence and how important is it in this, in this quest for living the life that we've been waiting for? I think the most important thing with influence is to recognize that we all have it, right? Some of us have uh, diminished our kind of value in life. We think we've started to use this term of influencers, right? So we think it's only certain people that impact others. But we all, all day long, we're shaping other people around us. We're helping them to either become better or worse, right? And so I think recognizing that you have been positioned in a specific place, you have a unique set of relationships, you know, you're like Liam Neeson and Taken, you have a unique set of skills, right, that you can be used. And all of that allows you to influence and impact others. And so when I think of influence, it's really figuring out how am I, like, as a result of my being here, right, how is the world a little bit different? Sometimes that's going to be on a macro level. I'm going to have massive impact in the world. And sometimes I will just leave the person that I interacted with a little bit happier. You know, they'll walk away with a smile because I showed up in a certain way. So we all have influence to some degree. Gosh, I, I love that. And once again, your language as a, res, as a result of me being here, that's how you started it, right? Yeah, yeah. What a wonderful question that is. And for me, when I think about reclaiming my morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that because <laughs> when I think about that, when I begin my day, it reframes everything about how all of us, we do have influence. And it's, so, it's, it's easy sometimes to think about you just don't, but it's, it, you, we all do, every one of us. I mean, I think about, you know, even this podcast, right? I, I think, hey, you're influencing so many people's lives. They're driving down the road right now and they're listening to this in their car. Or they're on, you know, a treadmill and they're being inspired. And it could be something where you dismiss that, you know, you may not recognize, oh, I got up today and I made this effort to sit here and have this conversation, but it's having a tremendous impact on someone's life in some way. And so it is really valuable. And we all have areas of our life where we do that. Yeah. I think Chanel's giving us a really great insight, everyone. So wherever you may be, again, you may be driving, you may be on the treadmill, um, you may be at work (laughs) listening in, (laughs) But really just take a moment now and just think, think about how much influence you really do have on others. And, um, and, and you do. And if you just really own that, it's a tremendous responsibility and what an honor to have that influence on others. And it doesn't have to be 10,000 people. It doesn't have to be even big things. It's even just going to the grocery store and uh, treating someone 
uh, with kindness. Yes. Right. Yeah. Good. Hey, okay. So now this book, Life Starts Now, How to Create the Life You've Been Waiting For. What would you hope that the reader would think or do differently as a result of this great work? Number one thing I hope that people take away from it is knowing that they aren't alone, that other people are feeling similar angst in their life, right? And to also know that your life purpose is something that's discoverable, right? It is complicated, yes, but it also can be very simple in terms of ways that you can start to approach it, put language to it, understand it, and move into it. Um, I do this every day. You'll find in the book, there are lots of stories of actual clients that I've worked with, the ahas and the breakthroughs that they've come to. And so I hope that you recognize that those things are possible for you too, and that you, uh, you know, take action now that you don't wait because it's important that you step into the life that you want now. That's so good. But now you said it, you said it, move into it. But earlier you said it's, it's important to take a pause. I know for myself, I'm, I, I'm more inclined to take a pause and to keep thinking about it and rehashing it and yes. waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm sure you've seen it uh, a lot in the people you work with. How do we know when it's time to stop thinking about it and to start moving? Yes. I think once you have made built in that habit of that self-reflection, right? Once you know that you've got a little solid space in your life where you've gotten some perspective, I always encourage taking micro action. So immediately after that, finding a way to just on a very small level, start to get proof of concept, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's something that I think I might be good at. Let me just take a little action just to see if it's true or not. I don't have to co totally overhaul my entire life to be in this new vision, but sometimes it's taking the smallest actions that can be the most meaningful. So find that balance of, I say, first create some sort of rhythm in your life where you are paying attention to who you are, get perspective, and then start taking micro actions. That's great. I, and the word there on micro action is really key. It's just get in motion. There's right. something really positive about that. The nice ripple effect of that, you know, along with what we've been talking about, Chanel, what, what else is, what other projects are you working on that are bringing you more joy and purpose and fulfillment in your life? What else, what else do you have going on? Yeah. Well, one of the things that I'm excited about for this coming year, after writing the book, I wanted to know how can I engage with more people? So I started this new membership. It's like a monthly coaching experience. So for you know women who haven't been used to working with me one-on-one, -on -one, it's a space where they can actually work with me in a group context. And that's what Women of Consequence will be uh, moving forward. I'm also expecting a baby. Hey. <laughs> so I know. Um, and you might hear me huffing and puffing when you um, are listening to this episode. It's partially because I'm nine months pregnant. So oh my gosh, congratulations. Uh, thank you. So I'm really, that's another project I'm working on, raising a little woman of consequence. And um, just really trying to to practice what I preach in terms of, I want my real life to align um, very closely with all of the insights and the things that I shared in the book. That is so good. And you also are a podcast host, correct? Uh, clarify yes. your calling. So yeah. um, what, what do you love most about doing a podcast? Oh, it's so fun. It's, it's really great. I get to do these little like 12 to 20 minute chunks of coaching for people. Yeah. And uh, people keep telling me that I sound like 
you know, kind of like your therapist and your best friend that you're having <laughs> coffee with. So that's been really fun. And I've got some new guests that are coming on this year and, and that's been an exciting space as well. Well, good. The podcast is called Clarify Your Calling. It is one you have to check out. Of course, Chanel, after everyone binge listens to this podcast, <laughs> is that okay? Yes, that's fine. I give you permission to do that first. <laughs> <laughs> what what advice or what challenge would you give the I dare you challenge to this vast audience? What would you give them? Yeah, I dare you to start living from the inside out. I dare you to stop listening to who people think you should be. And I dare you to stop following the script that's been outlined for you by other people. And I dare you to actually step into what you really want and who you really are. That's great. Mic drop. Yeah. Hey, how, how, how's the best way to follow you, uh, to stay in touch with you and all the cool things you're working on? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram. If you want to get lost in a scroll there, <laughs> go to <laughs> chanel.dokun. Um, that's my handle. And then just go to my website. I love having people connect with me there. Send me a contact form. It's at chanel, you know, chanel.dokun.com is the space. And you can find ways to work with me, but also just share with me what's going on with your life. I love it. Chanel, it has been so much fun getting to know you and meeting you. And thanks for your insights also on, on finding our purpose, that North Star for all of us. You gave us a lot to think about and some practical steps. So thank you. And thanks again for being part of the podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. You just met Chanel DeCoon. What a fun interview. And to be able to talk to a certified life planner and relationship expert who's trained in marriage and family therapy with some of the things that she's doing, Really, um, a real great opportunity for us as we consider our life's calling and our life's purpose. And so what's the one thing you're going to implement in your life today? And I would challenge you, don't wait. Don't overthink it. Get into action. Get into action and really start living. And now that you listened, you're not done yet. Who are you going to share this episode with? It could be one person. It could be 10. People in your life that you love, that you care about. Take that next step. And so many of you are already doing that. And that's exactly what drives the kind of growth that we're seeing in downloads and shares. It's people like you who are taking that step. So thank you. And now have a great week, everybody. And I hope you put some of these ideas into practice into your week. And when you do, drop me a message on Instagram. Nothing would make my day more than hearing from you. Get ready for next week, another great guest. I will see you back here on the I Dare You podcast. I'll see you then.